Welcome to the Ponder a New Podcast. I'm Pastor Rob Mayalis. And in this episode, we're going to be wrapping up our season on the stories of Joseph. And once again, we're going to delve into family dynamics and see that families 3,000 years ago were just like ours. And we're also going to ponder the mystery of God's providence and consider what does it mean to forgive each other and how does God's reconciliation play itself out in our lives, but then even more broadly in the world. So, without further ado, we get pondering. I closed my eyes, drew back the curtain to see for certain what I thought I knew. After he buried his father, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had gone up with him to bury his father. Realizing that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers said, What if Joseph still bears a grudge against us and pays us back in full for all the wrong that we did to him? So they approached Joseph, saying, Your father gave this instruction before he died. Say to Joseph, I beg you, forgive the crime of your brothers and the wrong they did in harming you. Now therefore, please forgive the crime of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also wept, fell down before him, and said, We are here as your slaves. But Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Even though you intended to do harm to me, God intended it for good, in order to preserve a numerous people, as he is doing today. So have no fear. I myself will provide for you and your little ones. In this way, he reassured them, speaking kindly to them. We hear today the final reconciliation between Joseph and his brothers. And we might even say, why is this necessary at this point? Didn't they kind of hug and and make up after uh, Joseph revealed himself to them back in the whole silver cup kind of framing of the Benjamin Judah, like didn't, didn't it all kind of resolve itself? Well, what, what's happened is that the father, Jacob, has died. I'm going to go back to that a little bit later in the podcast. But the father has died. And I think we all know that in our families, when the patriarch or matriarch, when the last parent or grandparent dies, it causes a significant realignment in the family. I mean, first of all, it's just emotional for us. Um, but I think, again, when the final person in a generation passes, it's, um, it's not just emotional in that we're grieving that person, but I think we're also grieving just a profound change in the family dynamic. We know, for instance, um, that although we will still try to get together as a family, Typically within family systems, once that sort of last person in a generation dies, it tends that, you know, instead of getting together for holidays, you start to get together for reunions, and it it changes a lot of the dynamics. And I think also when somebody dies, it sort of brings back up a lot of memories. And I think there is a way in which, you know, parents sometimes can cause those conflicts, 
in the case of, you know, many ways, Jacob's sort of um, favoring of certain sons just kind of always perpetuated conflict. It was also times in which parents, I think, can sort of keep sort of children who otherwise might have conflict or rivalry or issues or personality differences. It sort of provides a reason and an impetus. So, again, there's other theological issues to explore in this passage, but as usual, I think the the charm, maybe not the charm, that the the draw of this story is that we realize that um, humans uh, 3,000 years ago were still wrestling with the same sort of issues. And in this case, it's the changing dynamics within a family after death and the way in which things that... um, maybe thought were reconciled, we, uh, old wounds are open, right? When somebody dies, things become real fresh, and we remember a whole lot of things as we, as we grieve and, and recognize that our siblings or other family members are grieving differently. And in fact, we all know many families in which uh, after a death, really families can, can fall apart. Um, there just becomes a lot more strain. So, so I'm curious about in, in your life, have you seen that where a death has precipitated sort of a necessary revisiting of previous issues that maybe were thought to have been settled? How have your family dynamics changed after somebody has died? Has it been an opportunity for people to come closer, to sort of recommit to each other, or has it sort of been the the thing that has sort of just dissipated the relationships? Mm. So that's just our, our intro here to the story of Joseph and the podcast today. One of the themes that we've been pondering and considering the whole story of Joseph is the role of God's providence. By this we mean God's uh, care for us that isn't just in sort of the next life or in heaven, but the way in which God seems to intervene in our lives. And what's striking about the story of Joseph, I think what makes it so compelling, isn't simply that God intervenes for good, but that God seems to have worked even through the bad stuff to bring about an even better situation. So, uh, you know, Joseph here says, look, you meant this for bad, but God, God was at work. God God meant these things for good. And, and so again, it's not just that Joseph gets blessed with some nice things in life, but that even through the trials, God somehow is able to take the mistakes and even sins of, of the brother, of Potiphar's wife, um, and, and, trans, and even the slave traders, and transform it into something good. And, and I think that's... Um, that is meant to be something of great hope for us as, as those who read this story, um, that, that even when life gets really hard, uh, this doesn't mean that God isn't at work. And, and there are even times in life when the things that seem at the moment to be bad can actually be all for the good. You know, we... In life, I think all of us at some point have had some sort of breakup uh, with with somebody who uh, becomes an um, <laughs> an insignificant other, and at the time we're distraught and don't understand how life could be 
so unfair, only later to recognize that this was really all for the best. And even if we did end up with that person to kind of see the necessity of a breakup at that time. Or or maybe, again, we don't get a certain opportunity. You know, we don't get into a college we want to, a program, uh, a job, a promotion. And at the time, it seems so devastating. But then later on, we see, oh, no, that that actually worked out. Right? And so... I'm curious, are there times in in your life where, you know, something just hasn't worked out? And at the time, you were maybe really disappointed, even angry with God. And then you saw later how that was just a necessary part of the fabric of, of your life. Are there even times like Joseph where somebody did something bad, something that actually hurt you? And then and maybe only years later, maybe maybe in the case of it was 10, 20, 30 years later, you finally could see how that somehow uh, was, was all for the best, that somehow it really was part of God's design for who you were called to be. Yeah. So this doesn't answer the question. I mean, there's lots of unanswered questions about providence. Is it that God was causing the jealousy of the siblings to sort of set this whole story in motion? Or was it simply that God was reacting to the, to the way in which humans acted to still bring out the best? How far does God's sort of intervention in human affairs, how deep does it go? The Old Testament is delightful in this way, and then it never really solves the mystery of where that boundary is between our actions, the actions of others, and God's actions in this world. And we just see that again and again, sin, human goodness, and God's judgment and God's goodness ultimately play themselves out in ways that achieve God's purposes. But it's not always easy, it's not always clean, and it often takes a great deal of time. So just here in the story of Joseph, a story certainly of hope, that even the dark times of our life, God can work through, and also some invitation into some ponderings about God's providence in our lives. So we've already covered the emotional dynamics that change within a family after a death of a generation, and uh, how we understand when challenges and adversity come our way, being encouraged to have a hope that, yes, indeed, as Paul, St. Paul will write, all things work for good for those who love God, that somehow even the, the worst of things can ultimately be made good. And that would probably be enough, and I suspect the Bible study groups that work with this podcast will not get much further than, than this. But I want to press ahead to what I actually think uh, the meat, the, the main, the main kind of enchilada here is, um, and, and that is reconciliation and forgiveness. And I'm curious, when you think about the, the brothers here, do you think that they're telling the truth? Do you think they're telling the truth that Jacob had actually pulled them aside and, and said, or had some family meal had talked about this? Or do you think they're just making this up? Likewise, do you think that Joseph actually has forgiven them? 
Joseph never says that he forgives them. He just kind of says this is what, what God had been working. Mm. So I think that, again, there are these really kind of questions here about the sincerity of everybody involved. But I have mm, perhaps become less concerned about about whether or not Joseph actually forgives them. When he's asked about forgiveness, Joseph says, why are you putting me in the place of God? I think what Joseph there is doing is, is something incredibly wise. And what he's saying is that it is not Joseph's job to give them a final accounting of their sins. It's, it's not Joseph's job to judge them. It is not Joseph's job to absolve them cosmically. And I think we would do well to consider this. As Christians, we're often taught an ethic of forgiveness. But I think sometimes we, we go astray in that. And that we, we think we're actually supposed to forgive each other's sins. And the Bible is, the Bible linguistically, if you really start to read the New Testament carefully, you discover that the idea of forgiving sins is actually quite rare, if, if not even altogether avoided when it comes to humans. Humans have to forgive trespasses. Humans have to uh, live in live at peace with one Humans have to love their neighbor. Humans have to give their give their neighbor seventy times, you know, seven chances. But I think there's a sense of like an ultimate sort of a human before God in terms of what they've done in this life that I cannot, as another human, touch or address. So whether or not God chooses to grant you ultimate absolution of your sins. Um, that's not something that I, as your neighbor, can decide whether God is going to choose to do that or not. That really is, is God's business of an ultimate evaluation of, of, um, of what of us God wants to keep into the next life. I, I think what we're called to do, though, is to do actually what Joseph does, and that's figure out a way to live with each other. And so when we're telling people, or maybe even heard, and have you ever heard this? You know, you need to forgive them. You need to forgive them. And, and I think if what we hear that is, is that I need to determine whether before God they have any guilt or innocence and then declare them to be innocent before the cosmos, I, I don't think that's actually what, what we're asked to do. I think what we're asked to do is to find a way to live with them and to give them another chance in our lives. But I think even more deeply than that, if we really want to push to where Joseph is going, what Joseph is saying is, look, this whole thing, God is sovereign and God has been at work. So I can't mess with God and God has brought us back together. So we shall live at peace with one another. In other words, I want you to think about it more in terms of like a river that's flowing. And I can't create that river. In other words, I can't tell somebody, you know, you're forgiven. But if there is a river who are the streams of mercy, 
And, and I sense that God has invited somebody else into that, and I see them, then I can get in the water with them and sort of follow the flow. But I can't create the flow. I can't create reconciliation and forgiveness. I can't create the, the change of somebody's heart. Now, again, I can do things that can um, make it clear to somebody else that I'm sincere about my apology, and I can um, try to go to prayer and to try to work on my own anger, but typically the things that have really blocked us from living in peace with one another um, are, are deep wounds that we have that often take time. They they take a human acknowledging their own fault. They take a human sort of seeing, hey, you know, God is still at work. What I'm, what I'm trying to get at here is this distinction between sort of ultimate divine forgiveness and, and human reconciliation that grows out of divine forgiveness but looks a little bit different. So again, my job isn't to say before the heavenly throne, you are ultimately forgiven. Now, again, as a pastor, I, I declare forgiveness, but I'm saying just say me and my brother. My brother doesn't really consider me his pastor, right? Let's be clear about that. Like in that relationship, I don't absolve my brother eternally of his sins when the two of us are sort of rehashing our childhood or something. But, but rather, if there is reconciliation, if there are moments then of, of grace and peace and laughter and, and sort of a, a, a mutual sense of, okay, like we can live at peace with one another, then, then I want to sort of live in that and, and step towards that. I can't create a change of heart in another human. I can't even create a change of heart in my heart. But if God is moving that way and God is granting that, then I want to move with and live into that reconciliation. And I want to make myself as open as possible to God's reconciliation and reconciling love between me and somebody else. I want to push more towards the universal scope uh, here of this reconciliation. And to get at that, I want us to think about the burial of Jacob, which uh, was not read. You'd have to read a little bit earlier in chapter uh, 50 here of Genesis. But the, the thing about Jacob's burial is that Jacob is actually... Uh, mummified. <laughs> uh, Joseph has an Egyptian burial process for him, and it actually even lays out some details of what that looks like. And I, and I find this like really striking that, um, that the man whose name is Israel becomes an Egyptian mummy at his death. And, and, I, and I take it as a sort of this beautiful sign of, of God that you know, anybody who's, who would be reading the Jewish scriptures in ancient Israel, um, would know that there had been and there would likely be in the future battles and wars with Egypt. And the main story in the Old Testament is arguably the exodus, the freeing of the people out of slavery in the house of Egypt, right, and the, and the whole Passover. So it's clear that, that Egypt is sort of, you know, one of the great enemies. Yet here we have Joseph, who's married to an Egyptian priest's daughter, saving the people of Egypt from starvation and, uh, and having his dad uh, mummified like an Egyptian. 
And it's just a reminder that um, the God's reconciliation isn't just between individuals within family, but God's reconciliation ultimately has a cosmic arc to it. Um, and I want to end then with, um, there's a great uh, quote by Martin Luther King, and um, it's, it's that through technological genius, we have made the world into a neighborhood. But now becomes the challenge, the moral challenge, to make it into a brotherhood. And, and I think that's really where I, I think this story can hopefully continue to inspire us as both individuals, but also more broadly as, as humans who live in such a divided and fragmented world that is at war right now with, again, the terror of nuclear uh, war sort of lingering out there. That, um, that we know that the, the God that reconciles us to our, our, our estranged family members and the people that have hurt us in our life also is seeking to bring about reconciliation between the nations. And that ultimately will be done in Jesus Christ, the ultimate forgiveness of all things. But here on earth, whenever possible, can we participate, can we be open to that reconciliation between peoples that we know that God is, is working towards. So today we'll wrap up then our our reflections on Joseph. It's been a fun uh, season of the podcast. I'll take a little bit of a break and then we'll pick it back up or um, sort of in the Advent pre-Christmas time. But uh, much to reflect on today in in terms of, again, of family, of providence, and, and ultimately then forgiveness and reconciliation. Thanks for pondering together.